The Bible says, be not deceived. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. All right, it's 4 p.m. on Wall Street. Do you know where your money is? Welcome to Financial Issues, where we align reality with truth. Conservative talk radio you can count on. Financial issues that you need to know. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. We will simply apply to government the common sense that we all use in our daily lives. Analyzing markets and financial news, this is Financial Issues Week in Review. Well, good morning. Welcome to Financial Issues. I'm your host, Shanna Burt. And if you're listening to us live, or if you're watching this on a Saturday, you're probably not listening live. Or maybe if you're on a CSN station, you're listening to a show that was recorded earlier. But I just encourage you, reach out to the CSN network and thank them for airing us and ask them if they'll air us live so that you can get your call queued up as well. You can also watch us live if you get our phone app, FISM. Uh, whether you're Apple or Android, or watch on our website live at FISM.tv. Um, also, if you are listening on an AFR station, if you're looking for some good permanent income and a way to give to Kingdom Work, a permanent gift, check out their charitable gift annuity. It's a great place to get some guaranteed income, a tax deduction, but more importantly, to provide for kingdom work. And we're also live on Rumble, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Truth Social. And I think that's about it. So you can catch us on all those places and interact with us now. Um, Let's get into the economic recap for the last week. So construction spending came out Tuesday and it was much better than was than the market was expecting. They were expecting to see a negative 0.4%, but surprisingly, it came in 60 basis points higher and was actually positive by two-tenths of a percent, and that was month over month for November of 2022. So this data is a little bit stale, but positive in that it shows a bit of rebound from the downwardly revised 0.2% decline that we saw in October. So good stuff there. The Federal Open Market Committee's mid-December monetary policy meeting notes were released. So the Fed had a meeting on December the 14th where they talked about, they announced their rate decision to hike rates by 50 basis points in December. And the notes for those meetings were just released. So they're still presenting a unified front about where they believe interest rates are heading in 2023. They are pretty adamant, according to the notes, that there will be no rate cuts in 2023. And the market doesn't quite seem to believe them yet. And the market still has hopes for an easing of those rate hikes by the end of 2023. The 2024 projections are dramatically different. The the 19 or the 18 19 members of the uh, policy committee have ver- widely varying opinions and no more than seven officials are in agreement about what might happen in 2024. They keep saying that they'll be data dependent, looking at the economic data that gets reported you know, every few weeks or every month. And 2024 really is just too far out to make any predictions about what um, a year's worth of economic data is going to show if you really are data dependent. 
one piece of data that the Fed is dependent upon is the job market. And the Fed has a twofold mandate. So they, they consider themselves to have two major responsibilities. That's price stability. So that's related to inflation, which is keeping you know inflation in check. And the second thing is full employment. So they're trying to keep prices, prices stable and people working. The Fed's preferred inflation gauge is, is the PCE index, uh, X food and energy. So that number came in at 4.7% in November, down from 5.4 at its peak in February of last year, but still more than double the Fed's 2% target. So their other tool, which they have been using this past year, but has not been talked about near as much as the rate hikes, is quantitative tightening. So the Fed has been reducing the size of their balance sheet, which exploded right after COVID as they had to monetize all the money that the government decided to spend post-COVID in the one Trump um, injection of money. And the, the second one Biden did shortly after his first term, even after the economy was showing signs of rebound. So the Fed has seen its balance sheet contract by $364 billion. Now it's down only to $8.6 trillion. So we also got the BLS Job Openings and Labor Turnover, or you hear it called the JOLTS report. Job openings were reported to be almost $500,000 uh, 500, jobs more than what was expected and showed available positions at 10.46 million, down just a hair from October's total. Quits, job quits, were up 126,000, showing that workers are not hesitant to leave their jobs because they know that they can find another one. Well, what makes me think that? Aren't we headed for a recession? Who's going to be silly enough to leave their job right now? Well, someone who knows that there's 1.7 job openings for every one person who is willing and able to work. The JOLTS report was uh, reported a strong job market for November, which November is a little bit stale, but we got the non-form payrolls out this morning. And for most of last year, payroll growth has exceeded expectations. And the December data that was just released right before the show this morning showed that the labor market still isn't softening much. Private payrolls for December, according to ADP, rose by 235,000 for the month, well ahead of the estimate for 153,000 jobs and well above the 127,000 jobs reported for November. So softening in the labor markets may be coming because we're seeing uh, reports from the big employers about the layoffs that they're doing. Uh, Amazon said that they would be laying off another 8,000 workers in addition to the 10,000 that they already announced. Salesforce also announced uh, recently that they will lay off 10% of their workforce. Um, Meta, Lyft, some of the other big employers have also indicated that they will be laying off. So for now, plenty of jobs available with more pay. ADP reported that job stayers, people who stayed at their jobs, were getting an average raise of 7.3%, and people who changed jobs were motivated and drawn away by a 
5% increase if they left their current employers. A little housing data, the 30-year mortgage ticked up to 6.58% from 6.34%. And that, of course, made applications for mortgages drop by 10%. It shows us just how sensitive the housing rate market is to interest rates. But, you know, that's better than the 7.37% 30-year mortgage rates that we were seeing in October. It's still shocking to those who are entering the housing market in the last 10 years when they're used to seeing rates in the as low as 2.85%, but in the 3 and 4% range for most of the last decades. Um, mortgage rates and fear of a slowing economy are putting price, uh, pressure on home prices. They're still 2.5% below where they were in the spring, but 8.6% higher than where they were a year ago. So I'm your host, Shanna Burt. We're going to take a short break and we'll be back with more financial issues. If you like what you're hearing right now, you're going to love going to the website FISM.TV. Keep listening to this show right here and right now, but later when you're done, go visit our website. It's FISM.TV to learn more about this show and plenty more. Thank you for your services, and I just want to call to encourage everybody listening to become members. At Financial Issues Stewardship Ministries, our goal is to help Christians make financial decisions that honor God. I have never found anyone in the finances, even Christians, who have this passion and and the honesty that you have. You're not taking anything in. It is incredibly generous of you what you're doing. Go to financialissues.org and become a partner today. American Family Association President Tim Wildman. Why does AFA exist? Well, we're here to inform, equip, and activate individuals and families to transform the culture. We want to make an impact on our country for Christ. That's the reason my dad, Don Wildman, started this ministry 40-plus years ago. Dad was concerned about the direction America was headed, and he was determined to do something about it. Maybe that describes you today. If it does, I want to strongly encourage you to consider a charitable gift annuity to American Family Association Foundation. This will benefit you, and it will ensure that we stay in the fight for a long, long time to come. That's the AFA Foundation. Call the AFA Foundation at 800-326-4543, extension 345. That's 800-326-4543, extension 345. Did you know that an average 1.2 million babies are aborted each year? Listen, we have an opportunity at Financial Issues to change that, and we're doing it. Tens of thousands of lives have been saved because of Financial Issues listeners just like you. For $140, you could save the lives of five babies. All $140 goes to the Pregnancy Center to sponsor ultrasounds. 80% of the time, these ultrasounds will change the mind of a young lady that is considering abortion to choose life. Would you join us in the fight against the atrocity of abortion? I hope that you'll go to preborn.org or call pound 250 the keyword is baby when you're asked. Preborn.org. That's preborn.org. 
All throughout the red light district in India, women are trapped in a cycle of survival through prostitution. But they're not alone. Their children are there, hiding in back alleys, under a bed, or asleep in a room not far from the drugs and brothels outside. Five million of these children are trapped in the red light districts of India, at a high risk of being abused or used in the trade themselves. But India Partners has made a way for you to rescue these children and relocate them to a safe, clean home in a safe neighborhood where not only their physical needs will be provided for, but they'll be introduced to the love of Jesus. And hopefully, with these resources, both the child and their mother can escape the sex trade and start a new life outside the red light district. Just $62 will provide a week of safety for one of these children, and $275 will provide for a whole month. Visit indiapartners.org to see how your gift can reach into the red light district and provide days of safety for one of these five million children. Securities offered through GA Reppel and Company, a registered broker, dealer, and investment advisor, member FINRA and SIPC. Opinions expressed by Shanna are hers alone and are for informational purposes only and do not necessarily represent those of GA Reppel or the outlet on which you are listening. You should consider how the information applies to your situation prior to personally implementing it and consult any financial professional you work with to make sure it's applicable to your financial plan. Welcome back to Financial Issues. I'm your host, Shanna Burt. Let's get right to calls and go to Brian, who is calling from Ohio. Hi, Brian. Hi, Shanna. Um, I'm planning to move my IRA to another financial service company, and I'm not sure how this will affect the tax forms that my current financial company usually has on the Internet. I mean, if I transfer everything then I won't be able to access my account. So will they send me the tax forms or or what? It depends on how you've signed up to do it. Usually they will, when you move it, there's a ACAT transfer process that happens and it will move all of your holdings from one place to the other place. But then it usually stays open for another month or two because it sweeps out. What that means is that you may earn dividends or you may have some some things happen in the account after you move it. So every couple of weeks, it will perform a sweep of the account and send anything that gets in there into your to your other account. And so uh, before you lose access to it, though, you need to go in, either contact them and make sure which option you are using to get your documents. Because I know the platform that we use, you can either get them in the mail or you can sign up to receive electronic notices. So just I would just have them switch everything, preferences to regular mail versus email. Okay. Okay. Thanks very much. All right, Brian. Thanks for calling. Bye. Uh, all right. What do we have there in social? I know we've got some things that have come in. Yeah, a couple more things came in here, Shanna. The first one is Megan from our home state, Downingtown, Pennsylvania, saying, I'm a stay-at-home mom. I have a 401k, 403b from previous jobs. Should my husband and I bring all our investments together under his 403b? I don't want to just let them sit, but I don't have my own personal income to put towards those accounts. What do you think, Shanna? Okay, great question. So I'm a fan of anytime you leave a job, you should take it with you because when you leave money in an employer plan, 
you're subject to whatever decisions they might make about that plan. If they move the plan from one custodian to the other, there's typically uh, a 60 to 90 day blackout period where you don't have access to the funds. Um, also, if you move and forget to change your address, you might lose track of these assets. So it's always a good idea, in my opinion, to consolidate your retirement accounts into one account. Now, you can't consolidate between husband and wife. The registration for a retirement account can only be owned by one person. So you can consolidate all of your old plans into one account in your name and you can move it to the same platform um, as the one that your husband uses to kind of consolidate and have everything all together in one place, but you can never mix the two there. So even though you don't have any income, I don't know that it's best that you do continue to contribute. I don't know how much money you have or how much investments you have in non-qualified accounts. But if one spouse does have an income, you could contribute to yours. But I don't think that that really uh, makes a difference anyway that you can't add to it because you still have the benefit of time and having that money grow over time, even though you're not adding to it. Awesome, Shanna. Very good. Next one here is Jan on Facebook. She's saying, good morning, Shanna and team. I live in a state without inheritance tax. I'd like to move some inherited non-qualified holdings at Vanguard into my non-qualified portfolio at Fidelity. With the market as it is, would you do it now or wait until the market calms down? I'm following the 55 to 65 allocation. What do you think, Shanna? Well, I don't know if the market's ever going to calm down. So (laughs) waiting is is usually not the, the best strategy. But if you're just going from one platform to another, you can do that in kind. So unless it's coming out of a retirement plan, if it's just, I think she says a non-qualified to a non-qualified, when you submit the transfer, everything, the shares that you have in one account just show up in the other account. So you're really not forced to make any sales decisions at that point. So you can just continue with the holdings that you have and, you know, just not really worry about when the market's going to calm down because it doesn't usually. (laughs) (laughs) Very good, Shanna. Nice. Last one here is John on Facebook. He's saying, Shanna, I'm just entering the 55 to 65 model like Jan is. I have six UT stocks and I need to add 4% to that sector. Only one position is under 1% and that's UT 40, which I'm up about 30% in. It isn't on the buy list currently. Is this a good time to add it or should I just wait? Okay. Um, to add to it. Oh yeah. To add to it. Okay. So he's already got it. it. I would say yes. And, um, you know, that's one that we're looking at very closely. It's, um, most likely going to come onto the buy list pretty soon. So I would, I would be okay with that. All right. We do have a full board. Let's see if we can get to some calls here. Let's go to Texas, uh, Candace in Texas. Hi, Candace. Hi, Shanna. Hello. Good morning. Hi, Shanna. Um, I am calling about an annuity that I got before I knew what I was doing. Anyway, annuity date is coming February 1st, and I am just making sure that I choose the correct um, payout option. I, I have in the past seen a financial advisor who even had, um, she suggested the life settlement, you know, with the monthly payments. So uh, just want to make sure I'm still doing that. That was several years ago and I, things may have changed. I don't know. I'm about, I'm 70 
I think I'll probably live to be 90 if <laughs> based on my parents. Um, and I have my teacher retirement pension, a dab of Social Security. I have uh, some investments, not a lot, but following the income model, and I'm still not sure that's where I should be. But uh, And I work part-time um, self-employed. So the um, we're looking here at the, I would say, the accumulated cash value, or do we want the annuitization value? Which one am I using here to compare to lifetime payments? Yeah, so are, are those your only options? Does it have to be annuitized, and do you need the income? I do not need it yet, but I'm getting really close. <laughs> no, it does not have so, to be annuitized. Okay, so, so what I would do is I would compare... I would would probably, since it sounds to me like you're not really satisfied with the, the product that you ended up with and you want to get that money out quickly, um, I would have them compare what maybe a 10-year payout is unless you think that you're going to need that permanent income for as long as you're alive. If you're if that's the case, then I would probably lean more towards taking the, the lifetime income. But if you want to get the money out in the quickest way possible, they might offer like a, a 10 year certain. And what that would mean is that you're going to get the balance of it out over 10 years. And if for some reason the Lord calls you home before that, you'll be able to list a beneficiary who will get the rest of it. Whereas if you take it over a lifetime and the Lord calls you home, you know, next week or next year or in two years, well, there's no beneficiary that, um, you know, that gets the rest of that and the insurance company wins. So if you're looking at trying to maybe reinvest it uh, in a different model, then I would see if they have a shorter payback period or if there's a way to have them um, distribute the whole thing. And then you would be able to add it to your investment model, which if you're not needing the income and you're still working part time, you said that you have uh, that you have an expected life expectancy of another 20 years. I would lean more towards the 65 into retirement model instead of the income. You can still be income focused and pick the dividend paying stocks. That's, that's a good thing to do. But the 65 model is going to give you, it's going to focus a little bit more on growth. And if you have 20 years left, like you're expecting, you need some growth in that portfolio, especially in a high inflation environment that we're in right now. We've got Anna calling from California. Hi, Anna. You're on financial issues. Hi. I I want to talk to you about something. I'm, I've been a member for uh, just a few years, um, and everything that I have done through financial issues has been a blessing. So I I feel secure when I go to sleep. I do feel that I'm doing the right thing. But I wow. Thank you for that testimony. You're very welcome. A couple of years ago, though, I, I struggled to, to keep up with everything and probably not. And, and, and I didn't worry about it because it was the stocks I had chosen were, were, were well chosen, Dan Celia chosen. I, I chose um, back, back uh, in 2019 to, uh, to buy FP26. Mm -hmm. And it 
it, it is uh, an income stock because I am 66. Well, at that time I was not, but but and I was working in those days. But uh, I bought that, and now I'm trying to find it. And I'm trying to put everything into there, and it was called preferred in the mm-hmm. preferred sector. But now I don't see that on the news. I'm trying to clean everything up right now. And in, in the preferred, I don't see it. And I don't even see it on the wheel chart anymore um, by its symbol. Okay. Um, well, it, it won't be on the asset allocation model, but it would be coded to the financial sector. So you would just, if you're looking on the tracker, that's how you would code it. But I'm looking at the website right now. You go under partners and click on the broad list for the utility. Uh, I'm sorry, for the preferreds. So when you look down the side menu there, it says pre- there's financial, there's preferreds. So click on the preferreds. The FP means preferreds. And you'll come down the list about one, two, three, four, five, six. It's the seventh one down there. And you'll see it. So it is still on the broad list and you're good to hold it. Oh, I, you know, it's the little things we worry about. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, it is remember the scripture says not to worry. But, but to call Shanna and, and get your help. <laughs> Good. Thank well, you thank you, so Anna. We, we appreciate your partnership and your testimony. I'm sure that is going to encourage others to, to check out the strategy at Financial Issues. So, um. We're going to, folks, we're going to take a short break and then we're going to be back with more financial issues. So don't go anywhere. People are talking a lot about healthcare these days. There are so many changes, so many questions. As Christians, where can we turn for answers? At Samaritan Ministries, we believe the answer is in Jesus Christ, working in the lives of his people, demonstrating Christian community by sharing each other's medical needs, scripturally, faithfully. Here's just part of Brett's story in his own words. When I reflect on Samaritan Ministries, the biggest thing that stands out to me is that we, as a body of believers, are living out New Testament Christianity. This idea that Samaritan has adopted from the book of Acts should permeate all parts of our lives, not just health sharing. It it, it has a profound impact on people like me and my wife. Brett is just one of more than 150,000 members who are sharing over $13 million in medical needs each month. If you'd like to experience what it's like to partner with other Christians for your health care needs and you'd like to see what other members are saying, visit MySamaritanStory.org. Securities offered through GA Reppel and Company, a registered broker, dealer, and investment advisor, member FINRA and SIPC. Opinions expressed by Shanna are hers alone and are for informational purposes only, and do not necessarily represent those of GA Reppel or the outlet on which you are listening. You should consider how the information applies to your situation prior to personally implementing it, and consult any financial professional you work with to make sure it's applicable to your financial plan. Welcome back to Financial Issues. Thanks for hanging with us in the new year. I'm so excited about all of the things that the Lord has blessed us with. You know, we, we're still missing Dan very much every day. We're still mission, missing his leadership, his friendship. 
the the mentorship that that he gave to us all here at the ministry. But we're grateful that God has given us the tools to carry on the good work here at Financial Issues. So we're going to get to some of your calls. By the way, if you're a partner, go to the partner website. I posted some commentary that you can see on the commentary and buy list page. And an alert went out. So check your emails for that uh, for that information, you will need to log in to actually see the alert. We're just trying to take some some more steps to protect the part, the integrity of the partnership, which, by the way, is not very expensive. So if you want to see what we're talking about, you can become a partner for $85 a year for the basic partnership. $124 a year will get you the portfolio tracker and the rest of the partnership benefits. So if you want to be your own portfolio manager and become biblically responsible with your investment selection, then I encourage you to check out a partnership with Financial Issues. Just go to our website, financialissues.org. Well, let's get right to the phones. We've got Rocky calling from Texas. Hi, Rocky. Good morning, Shanna. Good morning. Um, I just want to say a little something before I ask my question, because when I think of you guys, I, I it's it's a blessing to have you take over for Dan. That I feel when I think of you, I think of you as being like Joshua taking over for Moses. To me, that's what Dan, the leader of his people, and God called them home, and you have stepped in to to help us out. And uh-huh. I just want to pray blessings upon you, and that God gives you the gifts to help His people. Well, I received that blessing. Thank you, Rocky. Um, My question today is, I retired last year, but my wife continues to work and has um, income coming in. Can I contribute to a Roth IRA this year? Uh, You should be able to. So one of the first requirements to be able to contribute to a Roth IRA is that you have to, you or your spouse has to have earned income, and you can contribute up to 100% of your earned income. There are some income limits, though, for the household. So if you're married for 2023 and you have less than about 218000 in adjusted gross income, then you should be able to make the full contribution. Okay. All right. Well, that's what I needed to know. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks for calling, and thanks for being a partner and for your encouragement. We appreciate that so much. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. All right. Seth, what do we have there in the social media world? A couple good things here, Shanna. Let's start with Steve from Michigan. On the website saying, I'm 68. I sold a small business in October of 2021. I learned of your program in August 2022. My investments are mostly not biblically sound investments. So how should I go forward? Well, that's a great question. I'm so excited to hear that you found us. We're glad that you found us and that your heart has been convicted to be biblically responsible because biblically responsible investing is a conviction of the heart. It is for those who want to put God first in their investment portfolio to put, um, you know, to put Jesus at the center of everything that they do. It's so easy for us to compartmentalize 
our lives, you know, our work life, our school life, our investment life, our professional life, all of those things. But, you know, Jesus really stands at the door and knocks, and he knocks on all of the doors in our lives. So being biblically responsible is a conviction of the heart. So the first thing that you can do is to, if you're not already, to become a partner with the ministry. Once you do that, you can get onto the website. There are a ton of instructional videos. You can use the little search feature and just type getting started. And there's lots of videos that will walk you through what to do. So the first thing that you have to do is you have to establish an account. So if you're going to do this on your own, if you're going to be your own portfolio manager, you'll need to find a discount brokerage platform that suits you and that will be that you will be able to purchase all of the things the we mostly use. I mean, we have two different models. You can use a uh, stock, I mean, a uh, ETF and mutual fund only strategy if you want kind of a uh, a low input a low maintenance way to to do the strategy, you can use the stocks and e- I'm sorry, the ETFs and mutual funds uh, allocation models, or you can build your own portfolio made up mostly of individual stocks, but it also does have some ETFs, which is usually it's usually not a problem to buy ETFs on any of the discount brokerage platforms because they trade like stocks, but the mutual funds is where you run into a little bit of a problem because a lot of Wall Street is very, very liberal. They are anti-Israel in a lot of their uh, philosophies, so they will not carry the Israel fund from the Timothy plan, which is one uh, one of our core holdings in most of the portfolios. So you just have to make sure that the platform that you're going to trade on is going to allow you to buy the things that you want to buy. You have to be on guard about the um, professionals that they have, the investment professionals that they have to help that will help you build your portfolio. A lot of times you get stuck and you call their 1-800 number. They're going to offer you a um, investment professional that can take over the management of your portfolio. I've heard so many different stories about how financial issues uh, viewers or members would say, you know, I really want to be biblically responsible. Do you know what that means? And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, and they'll go into some spill about ESG or socially responsible funds, which is not the same thing. Um, Or they will just say, oh, well, you know, yeah, I'm a Christian. I kind of know what to do. But they, the truth is that they they may, may know very little or value very little our approach to biblically responsible investing. So those are the that's how you get started. And um, you also want to use watch the videos on how to use the portfolio tracker that's on our site. If you click on the partner side and you go to that portfolio tracker at the very top, there's a link to about a 14 minute video that's going to walk you through exactly how to use it. And then you just, you know, you listen to the conference calls once a month, um, listen into the show as you can, watch your email for alerts that we would issue you if you need to sell anything. Um, And then you can monitor the buy list and look at the full buy list there from the website as well. That's awesome. Steve, thanks for listening, man. That's good stuff. Shannon, here's a similar question uh, from Kathy. 
who is new to the investing world. She's been listening to the station for about two years now and just wanted to ask uh, who she would use to start investing. Now, she's looking at Vanguard, couldn't find anything listed that stated they were biblically responsible. Do you know if they are? And if not, who are the biblically responsible investors? I'm 64 and never thought about it before, but after listening to Dan and you, Shanna, I think I should do something and I don't know where to start. Thanks, thanks for all you do. The Lord bless you. It's a good question, Shanna. What do you think? Mm-hmm. So I don't think, to my knowledge, that you will find a brokerage platform that express, expressly holds themselves out to be biblically responsible, but that doesn't really matter. So if you're looking at the Vanguard mutual funds, you can actually run any of your investments through a screener that's found on our homepage, whether you're a partner or not. You don't have to be a partner to use this feature. Just go to the homepage and down the right-hand side there, there's a link. It looks like a wheel and it has some different little icons on it. All you have to do is put in your email address and you can run a list. I think you get maybe 10 a month or every couple of months, but you can run the report and it will tell you whether the investment that you're looking at, whether it's a stock, an ETF, or a mutual fund is biblically responsible. And it will also tell you which screens that the investment fails. So the Vanguard mutual funds are not biblically responsible because they don't screen. They don't have an active screening process for the things that we screen out. Now, their discount brokerage platform is fine. So you just want to look for a platform that just allows you to be your own fund, you know, your own investment manager where you can buy uh, very similar to what I told the last uh, comment there that you can buy all of the things that you need to buy. So you just want to go and look in the model that you're going to use and look at the investments that are there and just make sure with the platform that you're looking at that you can buy those. Awesome, Shanna. We've got one here. This is a great one. Leith is watching both on Facebook and on YouTube saying Happy awesome. New Year, FISM family. <laughs> Leith, thanks for watching on both those. Yes, it's great thanks. to see you again. Uh, one more, Shanna. I think we got time for this. Anne is saying blessings to the team. When we look at percentage we hold in each individual stock, do we use the portfolio that includes cash and lessens percentage or percentage that only includes stocks we own, which our trading platform shows? Okay, so what you want to do is regardless of where you hold the position, whether it's uh, cash or CDs or I-bonds or um, stocks or mutual funds that you may have in different places, you want to consider that all one big portfolio and try to get it into the tracker. So the only things that go on the tracker are th- is money that you consider to be investable. So don't put your emergency money on there. Don't put money that you that you would never have any intention of investing. So only your investable assets. All right, folks, we're going to take a short break, and then we're going to come back with more financial issues. So don't go anywhere. I'm your host, Gina Burke. Never be without quality, God-honoring entertainment. Always at your fingertips and within your view, in your home and on the go. You'll never be without FISM TV. Watch Financial Issues, Outspoken, FISM News, and more God-honoring TV right where you are. Tune in to FISM TV anywhere, anytime. 
I would like to thank you very much for giving me the impetus to consolidate my portfolio into one advisor. At Financial Issues Stewardship Ministries, our goal is to help Christians make financial decisions that honor God. Everything fell into place. I felt so much peace and the consistent ethic. There is a certain contentment that everything will be fine. Go to financialissues.org and become a partner today. I pray that in these trying times that I can lead him in a way that I know will leave a godly imprint on his heart forever. And show show her her how to live a life that is pure. I want her to understand how precious life is and to to take care of his body. To eat right and exercise and understand that his body is a temple temple of of God. I pray that our family will love Jesus, read his word daily, and obey his teaching. The values that we share should guide us in the way that we invest. Make sure that you are investing in companies whose policies and practices align with pro-life, pro-family values. Visit thetimothyplan.com or call for more information. Advance the kingdom in the way that you invest. Have you ever thought about banking with a credit union instead of a traditional bank? Not really, but I think my parents have a credit union account. Do you know the difference between a bank and a credit union? Mm, No. Banks are owned by stockholders, so they do their best to make profits for them. But credit unions are owned by their members, and the members see their profits through lower rates and higher interest on savings accounts. And at Christian Community Credit Union, our mission is to help members and ministries become better stewards and achieve their financial goals. Our mobile and tablet apps provide easy, safe, and convenient banking. It's like banking at your fingertips 24-7. When you bank with us, you're banking with someone who shares your faith and values. To get started today, visit us online at myccu.com. Christian Community Credit Union. Your money, building God's kingdom. The opinions and recommendations expressed on this program do not necessarily represent the opinions of the station or any of the program sponsors. Additionally, all products or services offered by the program sponsors may not be known by the program. Welcome back to Financial Issues and to 2023. So at the beginning of the year, we see so many people setting their New Year's resolutions. Well, let's get to some of these social and website questions. Yep, good stuff, Shanna. First one here is a good one. This is a website question from Chris. He's saying, hi, Shanna. I have held some Timothy positions for a few years now and ran into a question uh, as I was rebalancing my portfolio. The question is, uh, TPHE and TPDAX, what is the appropriate sectors I should record these? Thank you. God bless you and your work. And I'm 51 years old. All right. So those two are Timothy positions. And, you know, if you're not familiar with the Timothy plan, you should be. They are the pioneer in this industry. They are, they are really the company that started biblically responsible mutual funds. So out of a conviction of the heart, 
once they once he realized Art Alley, that is, once he realized that the companies that he was invested in were not well aligned with his Christian values, he began to do something about it. So if you want to learn more about the Timothy plan, the part the phone number there is up on the website. Uh, or I'm sorry, it's up on the, the screen. It's on our website as well. So they are completely sold out for biblically responsible investing. If you want to um, a low input strategy than the mutual fund ETF strategy. We have an asset allocation model on our partner side that will help you get set up in that way. But the two that you mentioned there, one is an ETF and one is a mutual fund. So the ETF, and it doesn't, it says his age is 51, but it doesn't say which model that he's following. So I'm just going to assume that he's following the age model for his age. The ETF is has its own allocation. So there's that symbol. There's another symbol of an ETF that's really close to that. And then there's a mutual fund. So whether you have either of those two mutual uh, ETFs or the mutual fund, they all go coded to that one category. The mutual fund that you mentioned is, um, if it's not in your model, then you would just code it to other until you decide what to do with it. But if it's not in the model, then you may have to transition it to something different. But if you do, then it'll it'll be spelled out there. And when you're working with the tracker, those those two positions that you mentioned are going to be coded to just what they are. So you you want to look at the name of that mutual fund and you'll find it you should be able to find it there matched up in the tracker. Awesome, Shannon. We got one from Keith here as well. He's saying, I've been a member for several years. Uh, Are you aware of any part of the 2023 tax laws having any impact on QCDs? I'm 76 years old. Now, my disclaimer is that I'm not a tax professional either. Uh, I do know uh, quite a bit about taxes because it overlaps with the work that I do uh, in the financial industry, but I am not aware of any changes. As far as I know, you, the rule is that you still have to be 70 and a half years old to be eligible to do a QCD stands for Qualified Charitable Distribution. And that is a way that you can get money out of your IRA and pay zero taxes on it. So you do have to be 70 and a half and you have to give the money directly from the IRA to a nonprofit organization. Now, it's your responsibility to make sure that they're a qualifying organization, and you also have to take responsibility to report it correctly on your tax return so that you don't pay the taxes on it because your 1099 that you get from whoever holds your IRA account will report all distributions regardless of where they went. So they don't make that distinction on the 1099. You should get some type of letter or document that shows where the money went to and you just want to keep that on file and you want to uh, report it properly in uh, on your tax return. Awesome, Shanna. I think we got time for one more of these website questions here. Wanda is saying, hi, Shanna. My husband and I are supporters of FISM, both 54 years old. Our question is this, how likely is the IRS to put in place additional tax regulations on a Roth that you own and money you've already put into it? Keep up the great work. Thanks for all you do. I'm 64, excuse me, 54 years old. Okay. That's a great question, Wanda. You know, we talk about that a lot. We talk about qualified money. Qualified money is money that qualifies for special tax treatment because the government says so. So the government created 
retirement accounts, including employer accounts, 401ks, 403bs, IRAs, including traditional and Roth. So they set the rules on what's going to happen. And you often hear us warning, don't get too much of your liquid net worth tied up in qualified accounts because, you know, one risk is that taxes will be higher in the future. Now, that's not a risk for Roth accounts because the money that you put into a Roth, as long as you meet all the qualifying conditions, comes out tax-free. So you get to uh, grow your money on a tax-free basis. Now, the risk with a Roth is that regulation risk. So the government controls the rules on it, and they can change the rules whenever they want. So how likely is it? I would say it's not super likely at this point in time, but it's just going to depend on how desperate the government gets to come up with revenue. So there's a a much smaller percentage than than I would like to see of people who have actually taken advantage of Roth accounts at all, because people tend to live in the moment. You know, how much can I say? Most IRA contributions, I would say, are made at the beginning of the year for the previous year as they're starting to look at their tax liabilities and figure out how can I get out of some of this. And so that's not the best place to to start or that's not the best reason to fund an IRA because you really have to be taken into consideration what tax rates are going to be in the future. So, you know, at this point, there's not a lot of people that own Roth accounts, so the balances in those aren't as high. So they it may not be on their radar as much as, you know, the $14 trillion that's sitting in, you know, IRAs and 401k accounts might be uh, the target of more regulation changes, but it certainly could be. Um, you know, if they do try to change the law on Roth accounts, they're going to come up with some serious pushback, but it's not going to be from a lot of people. So, you know, it may not matter that much. But for now, keep your Roths. I think it's a it's a good good part of an overall diversified strategy. Well, let's get to Dina before we get to the end of the show here. Dina's calling from Ohio. Hi, Dina. Hey, good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, you know, I love everything you guys do. I've been a member for a long time. I'm trying to get myself into biblically responsible, taking out from, I'm going to move my company-sponsored 401k to a Fidelity account. I just want to make sure, because I'm a little fearful about it, I have to admit, I have to slowly sell what I have that's not biblically responsible to reinvest in biblically responsible um, items in the dashboard. Most of the time when you do a 401k distribution, they're going to do it in cash. So they're going to sell what you have in the retirement plan and either, you know, send a check either directly to you that you'll deposit into your account or send it directly to the institution. So most of the time you don't have a choice. You're starting from cash. Oh, I thought I misunderstood. When I called my company, I thought they said that they would just pick it up and move it exactly as it was. So I got to call and and validate that because I most certainly don't want to do that all at once if they're going to cash me out. Okay. All right. Got it. So it'll have to be a slow transition. Yeah. I I, I wouldn't be opposed to doing, I mean, that... That's really the better way of doing it. Once your heart is convicted for biblically responsible investing and you don't have any tax consequences because it's inside of a, a tax-deferred account, it's better just to go ahead and, and get rid of it and start rebuilding. I think I think now is probably a pretty good time to do that anyway. Oh, it won't be taxable income. They'll just sell it and move it to a different IRA account. They'll move it from my company sponsor to a different yes. IRA, so there's no tax. Okay, got it. Absolutely. Okay, beautiful. 
Okay, All here right. we go, 2023. Thank you. <laughs> Good job. Thanks for calling, Dina. And uh, so glad to hear that your heart has been convicted to honor the Lord and to get out of those things that are not going to be honoring to the Lord. So we just encourage you, if you're maybe catching us for the first time today, learn more about our ministry at financialissues.org. We're a ministry that helps you to get your stewardship right. So our mission is twofold. One, we help you to defund darkness by building a biblically responsible portfolio. What does that mean? That means that we don't invest in companies that we know are using shareholder money to support an agenda of darkness because money is not evil in and of itself. Money is neutral. It's just a medium. It really is what makes the world go round. You know, I'm not saying that in a... a, (laughs) Um, in a sense that that's the most important thing in the world, but that is the medium that we use to put gas in our cars and food in our bellies and a roof over our heads. That's the practical way that God meets our needs. So money is neutral. It's not evil. It's the love of money that is the root of all kinds of evil. So because money is so important, there's a battle over it. It takes money to fund darkness, to open and support Planned Parenthood clinics to promote an LGBTQ plus whatever agenda. It takes money to do all of those things. It also takes money to do kingdom work. So we want to help you be biblically responsible in your investments so that you're not contributing to the darkness and those things that you're praying against. We also help you to fund the light. So we encourage you to be a good steward. We encourage you in your giving. We give you several places that you can give and know that that money is going to be used for great uh, kingdom work. And we're here every day to answer your questions. We encourage you to become a partner with us, to partner with the ministry, to build your own portfolio like you hear people talking about every day, and to honor God with all that He's given you. So we have to remember time is getting short. The Master's coming back. There's going to be a test about what we did with our time, talent, and treasure. Let us all be found good and faithful stewards. I'm your host, Shanna Burt with Financial Issues. ever forget that we're one nation under God, then we will be a nation gone under. Thank you for joining us. This has been an FISM production.